Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 85, and uh, I'm recording this on Monday, um, March the 5th, and I am actually recording this on the same date that I actually put out this blog, which almost never happens. May have happened. If it has happened before, I have forgotten about it, but but it, it is not a usual occurrence. Unfortunately, though, you will definitely not be hearing this song on the same day that I have recorded it, as um, I've been trying to work out what song to put at the end. And I have two ideas, but neither of them are, are uh, ready for... Uh, recording or even, you know, singing all the way through. So it's going to take me a little minute to, to learn a couple songs um, that are right for this blogcast. Um, but meanwhile, I thought I'd record this bit of it. So once I finally get those songs organized, this is ready to go. So um, that will tell you whatever date that is when that finally happens. I'll tell you about how long it takes me to, to work that kind of thing out and to find the time to do it. Like it's not just how long it takes me to actually figure something out. But we'll see. We'll see. That, that is the game that I am playing here with myself. <laughs> It'll be like a retro game for you. Like you'll be like, oh, it's um, June. Clearly, it took a long time to get this thing organized. Um, it's probably not going to be June by the time this happens. But we, I won't know. See, you already know because you're listening. But as I'm recording this, I don't know. It's art, man. It's a mystery. Um, so today's blogcast is... Uh, I, I don't... I, uh, it's called The Imbalance of Talent Crushes, which is a name it took me... A little while to come up with. Um, for a while, I was working with like a working title of like, why, why are there groupies? I don't know. It just it, it, anyway. But that this is the one I settled on, um, and uh, here it is: the imbalance of talent crushes. When I was in my twenties and touring the country doing Shakespeare, I was struck by a curious phenomenon. Everywhere we went, women threw themselves at the men in our company. Girls everywhere were besotted with our boys, especially the ones with swords. But the reverse never happened. Boys in our audiences didn't chase after the women in our company. We didn't have groupies. We didn't have admirers. One of the women got a secret admirer message once, but it turned out to have been from one of our fellow actors in the company. In my years as a performer, I saw this happen over and over. Men on stage inspired desire, while women on stage did not. I started to think about this again recently while I listened to an interview with Rhett Miller, and I found myself thinking how intelligent, curious, and committed he is. We're about the same age. He even went to the same college as me briefly right before I got there, He's a dynamo on stage and a sensitive thinker. Ever since I saw his band open for Cake in 1999, I'd see him perform and sigh. This time, though, I heard him and thought, oh, I'm actually like him in a lot of ways. I mean, he's prettier than me, but otherwise we have things in common. I thought, 
why not only be the change you wish to see in the world? Why don't you also be the man you once wished to be with in the world? This is a thought I've had before, but somehow this was the first time I felt it viscerally. There are some philosophers and psychologists who frame desire for others as a calling to some part of ourselves. They theorize that we are attracted to things that mirror and amplify our own qualities. Me? I have discovered that I am a sucker for anyone who takes their art incredibly seriously. And I take my own art incredibly seriously, so, of course. But until I met my current partner, I'd never met a man who was as interested and invested in my artistic journey as I was in his. Throughout history, women have found men doing things, making things attractive, and slipped into the supporting role in partnerships to play helpmeet to the real genius in the family. The thank you for typing phenomenon is a great example of this. This is where great men thank the women in their lives for typing their work, and you realize that the women did much more than type, like they actually wrote the book, for example. Or even Albert Einstein's wife, who was, some theorize, more of a partner in his work, if not a dominant voice, than anyone realized. I think there is something in the water that encourages women to find achievement attractive, and that same thing, very possibly, socializes men to find achievement unattractive in women. I have only very rarely heard of a man developing a crush on a woman because of her book or her play or her leadership or even her acting prowess. The trope is that he will fall for her in spite of those skills. If she's pretty enough, a man can overlook her accomplishments, but because of the accomplishments, not so much. Is this true of every man? Of course not. But it is the dominant cultural impulse. And of course, I am mostly talking about heteronormative behaviors here. I know it is infinitely more complex than this. But it does seem important to identify this undercurrent that flows through our dominant culture. Women develop talent crushes. Men, generally, do not. This is a hugely damaging pattern that hinders many women's achievements. In the interest of attracting a man, or even to just seem attractive, women may play down their intelligence, hold back at their jobs. It happens. I've seen it happen so many times. Case in point, Hillary Clinton. She is the epitome of a high-achieving woman, and the dominant response to her is distaste. Women across the world developed crushes on Obama, and I don't want to think about it, but there are those who find our current men in government attractive. Is there a man out there with an achievement crush on Hillary Rodham Clinton? I've never heard of one. I'm going to guess not. Is there some dude out there who finds Elizabeth Warren impossibly hot due to her political prowess? Is there an Angela Merkel fan club or a dude who finds Theresa May's rise to political power irresistible? I doubt it. I think real progress in creating spaces for women's achievement will happen when men start to find women's achievement as attractive as women find men's achievements or talents or skills. The moment when women are seen as sexy just for making something or achieving something, for expressing something or leading something, for being funny or talented or smart or brave or for their expert sword skills, 
That is the moment we will have finally turned the corner on equality. So the original uh, inspiration for this blog post is actually no longer in the blog post. Um, I I started thinking about this because I was reading um, the writings of Tadeusz Kantor, who I mentioned in the previous blogcast and blog. Um, He's a Polish theater director. He directed um, something called The Dead Class um, and various other works that are quite extraordinary, um, which, of course, I did not manage to see in person, but have seen video of and heard a lot about and a lot of people that I admire were, you know, inspired by him. So anyway, I was reading his works and it's uh, his essays and his manifestos. And I was like, you know, this guy's like a genius, right? Like he's he just like gives off the aura of like, I'm a genius. And I, I just was thinking how, how I'm sure he was insufferable to, just like insufferable to be around, right? Like, or I, like if I'd, if I lived at the time that he, you know, if I'd like worked with him or been around him, I would have been like, ugh, this guy. <laughs> and yet he's clearly brilliant. You know, his work, his work is extraordinary and I do, and I admire it very much. And I thought I'd either like find him insufferable or I would have a crush on him or something. Um, and, and then I also was thinking how if I'd, if I'd you know, been making work at the time with him, that there, that there would be, that there would have been no window for me, right? That, that only a person like him was allowed to be a genius. I'm sure there were very uh, various other artists women people of color people you know who had a whole lot less privilege than him who were extraordinary and were probably geniuses as well but we don't you know we don't have their manifestos or their essays um anyway i was just thinking how how that that's like the only way that's so socially acceptable to engage with a genius is to have a crush on him <laughs> because geniuses are men So um, I'm going to offer up for you for a podcast. I'm sure I've recommended it before, but I was trying to think of who are some ladies that you should have a crush on, a talent crush on. And I decided uh, I would suggest to you um, Invisibilia. If you have not already run into Invisibilia, those are some fabulous ladies to have a talent crush on. So um, check them out if you haven't managed it yet. It's one of those like super popular podcasts. It's like recommending cereal, I think, Um, which is another lady you could have a talent crush on. Please enjoy. Um, so the song here at the end, it has to be a Rhett Miller song, obviously, because I mentioned him, um, and I am on a old, old 97's Rhett Miller kick <laughs> lately. Um, the last podcast was an old 97 song. The previous podcast was an old 97 song, although you didn't hear it because I have not yet uh, posted that that episode. Um, and I don't know if the one before was also, but it, but it is kind of a trend at the moment. I, I was going to try and not do a, a Rhett Miller or an old 97 song right here, but then I was th- thinking about it and I was like, well, I'm actually talking about Rhett Miller in this piece. So it, it sort of has to be. Um, so it is either Hover, a song by Rhett Miller solo, or a song called Designs on You, which is an old 97 song. Um, 
I'm thinking it's probably going to be hover, but in case I can't really work it out, it might be designs on you. So here you go. Whichever song it is, is right here, right now. There's only one of you parked on a bridge Wondering if the radio is playing If you're crazy or there's voices in your head You got a heart so big Goes all the way to California Where the water meets the land I hope your folks will understand The city is dark we're not scared Wrapped up in each other Making love and out of nothing Like the air supplier said You got me so far gone I'm past Governor's Island I'm past the Verrazano Bridge I'm past the Verrazano Bridge You come and you glow And you hum and you hover I cannot believe that you're my lover You come and you blow and you hum and you hover I cannot believe you're my lover I cannot believe you're my lover I cannot believe Later in a room A picture of a girl it doesn't do her justice, what it does is make you realize you ought to be with her. I'm talking about right now, yeah, I mean this instant, where the hip will meet the hands. I hope your folks will understand. You come and you glow and you hum and you hover, I cannot believe that you're my lover. You come and you glow and you hum and you hover, I cannot believe you're my lover. I cannot believe you're my lover. I cannot believe you're my lover. That you're my lover. You're my lover. You're my lover.